Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to South End Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter, and this week I am joined by my good friend, Jason, and a longtime friend, Timmy Popovich, all the way from Virginia. Timmy, I haven't seen you in a while, man. How you doing? Yeah, man, I'm good. I feel like I hopped in the old DeLorean and uh, set the flux capacitor to 2005, man. It's good to be here. <laughs> good to have you, man. Jason, how you doing? Spectacular, bro. Ready to get this thing rolled off, kicked off, talk about this Big Ten and all the, oh God, wonderful teams in it. You don't sound very excited. It's to be determined. Okay. Well, before we get into the Big Ten, I did want to go over some breaking news that came out today. Uh, we got word that allegedly Oklahoma and Texas are wanting to join the SEC. My initial thoughts is no way, no fucking way. But it appears that the the Houston Chronicle reported uh, Brett Zwerman from a high-ranking official with knowledge of the situation. Apparently, they reached out and they're saying they could be joining the SEC within a couple of weeks. Jason, what are your initial thoughts? Well... I did see what uh, Greg Sankey said about it today, the SEC commissioner, and he said, we're focused on this season, and I'm not going to speculate on that. If they do join, it would be, you know, obviously for some kind of future years, because there's a ton of scheduling conflicts and stuff like that. Now, just my thoughts on whether it should happen or not, I'm kind of surprised it didn't happen years ago when all the realignment took place, but I wouldn't really be against it. I just wish we could get rid of a couple of teams <laughs> if we were going to let them in. But I'm not really against it or for it. I don't think it really makes that big of a difference. But it's it would mean the death of the Big 12. Yeah, definitely. But Timmy, what are your initial thoughts on this before I give mine? Yeah, I think the notion that it's going to happen within the next couple of weeks is just completely ludicrous. Like Jason said, there's just too much to go through to even think that that's feasible but you know long term wise i'm i'm not a big fan of it you're going to bring two more teams into the sec that's already got 14 teams in it and you're not going to kick anybody out it's it's just going to dilute the talent pool that much worse and i think you're going to end up with a worse product at the end of the day in my opinion yeah you know texas a&m athletic director ross bjork made a comment today about it at sec media days he's saying he haven't he hasn't read the article but what he is saying that, quote, so what does it look like? I don't know. We want to be the only SEC program in the state of Texas. There's a reason Texas A&M left 
the Big 12 to stand alone and have our own identity. I can understand that aspect of it. They took the plunge. That was there was more risk for A and M when they did what they did. But to me, this is this is a money play. This is a TV deal play. You know, something similar happened in in the soccer world. That's my main sport that I watch the most. And they tried to form a super league, which is basically taking the top ten or twelve teams in Europe and making one massive super league. And that's what they were going to call it. And for the same reasons that you guys are saying is why it was so unpopular with the fans. It would just, it would dilute the sport. It would create one massive league that would always win the championship. So to me, you would have to expand the playoffs if you were to allow this kind of move to happen. I mean, you're talking about 16 teams, some of your highest ranked teams in the country playing in one conference. I don't know. I don't see it, but if it does happen, I agree with Timmy. I agree with Jason. I think it just ruins the sport as a whole. That's the fun part about college football is different conferences going at it, you know, head to head, Oklahoma versus Alabama, you know, the the big dogs playing each other. You know, you see them play every year. It's not as exciting. That's just my thoughts. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, when you start to get into moving conferences and geographic locations, you take away from a lot of those, you know, local rivalries and things like that. I mean, it just uh, it just doesn't doesn't sit well with me. Well, to touch on that, too, the rivalries, you know, that to me. If they move to a nine-game conference schedule right now, then under the current scheduling format, every school would get to play every school if they stay in college for four years. You make it any bigger, there's no chance you're going to get to play every school in your conference, especially now with most kids sticking around three years. So there is definitely a negative effect to it, you know, in that aspect where you're not going to get to visit as many campuses in your own conference. The idea of those two teams leaving the Big 12, I mean, what's the Big 12 going to do? I mean, Texas doesn't need the money. They're already the richest school in the country. So the idea to me that it's a money grab, uh, that's a tough one for me to swallow. Now, the unnamed source is a bit questionable to me, but I, I don't see where they gain any kind of advantage by going to the SEC because already Oklahoma and Texas get a bigger share of the pie in the Big 12. They go to the SEC, they got to share equal revenue. Well, that may be the case, but I mean, I feel like like the Longhorn Network when it came out, it was kind of cool. It was cool to have a you know your own channel, your own network. But you think people are really watching it when they're playing the teams that they're playing? Absolutely not. Probably not. I mean, I, it's like you say they have to share that pie with the SEC, but that pie is probably much bigger in the SEC, I would think, than the Big Twelve, especially now with A and M and and Missouri already in the SEC. I feel like the smaller piece of the SEC pie is much sweeter than whatever the pieces they're getting from the Big 12 now. That's just that's just me, though. The good part about it is that Texas A&M would have to play Texas again. And A&M is still super butthurt because, I mean, otherwise the Texas A&M's athletic director wouldn't have come out and been so negative about it. You know, I saw where Jimbo Fisher said, yeah, I, I bet they would join the SEC if they could, you know. But the athletic director clearly is like, uh, hell no, we don't want them guys in here. We left them for a reason and we're, we don't want to play them. Well, my thing on, on that point is, is, you know, if you're Texas and you're Oklahoma and you want to compete and play with some of the teams in the SEC, just put them on your damn schedule. Put your big boy panties on and nobody says you can't play them non-conference. I mean, why can't you just do that and make a name for yourself that way? Well, because they want to make sure they get a bowl bid, so they got to make sure they have at least three of these easy non-conference games to play against. Well, I'm not a big fan of the powder puff non-conference game anyway. I think they should all go away, but... I agree. 
Ain't no doubt about it. Anything else you guys want to add for this before we move on to the main segment of the pod? After listening to you guys talk, I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, it definitely isn't going to happen in the next two weeks. If that shit happens, I'm quitting the podcast game. <laughs> I might quit watching college football if that happens. That's a damn lie. You'd still watch it. Yeah, you're right. Well, we'll move into our main segment. So this week, we're going to go over the Big Ten. We're going to highlight the top schools, the top programs, and uh, we'll mention some of the lesser ones if there's something notable to mention. But uh, we're going to start off in the West. Jason's going to go first. He's going to give us his over-under win takes from Vegas, the odds. And Tim, you'll have a, a chance to rebuttal. And uh, I'll interject where I see fifth, and I'll rule this court. So that said, Jason, here we go. Big Ten West. Who's your favorite to win the West? I've got Wisconsin as my favorite. I think they're a pretty overwhelming favorite. Yeah. Well, if it's Wisconsin, Vegas has them at nine and a half wins. You're going to go over or under on that one? It's based on their schedule. I'm going to take the over. Pretty much all of their tough games are at home. You know, they open the season with Penn State. And then they've got a cupcake. And then they've got a neutral side game with Notre Dame. That one could go either way. Notre Dame's got a new QB. Michigan at home. We'll talk about them later. But uh, I like Wisconsin there. On the road at Illinois, Army at Purdue. I mean, Iowa at home. Northwestern at home. So looking at their schedule, I would take the over. I think they're capable of winning 10 or 11 games. They do need to find some running back depth because last year was a very not Wisconsin-like year for them. Offensively, they averaged 165 yards a game. So if they can get back to, you know, sort of pounding the football like they always do, and they've got a couple of big-time leaders coming back on defense, Jack Sanborn, Cesar Williams. I mean, they, those guys are NFL dudes. So I'm going to take the over and just leave it at that. Tim, what do you think? I don't disagree with anything that you said. I think that, you know, they're definitely the favorite to come out of the West. But, um, you know, for making picks to come out of the, the divisions, I, I like Iowa actually to come out of there as a sleeper. I don't know how much we'll touch on them later, but I like a lot of what they're doing. But no, to your, all your points on on Wisconsin were, were valid. And I, I think they're, they're going to be a good football team this year i mean they're returning 17 starters nine on offense eight on defense and um, a lot of their main contributors on defense from last year are still in the squad this year so paul christ is his style is pretty hard-nosed i mean the defense last year they averaged just over 200 yards a game which is it's pretty good man if you consider you know they didn't play a full schedule but they did play enough games to where you could see enough of the body of work that was going on in wisconsin and 200 yards a game on defense that's pretty pretty impressive even in the big 10 in my opinion but Timmy, you mentioned Iowa. That's going to be my next one, Jason. Iowa, Vegas has them at eight and a half over or under. Timmy's not going to like me for this one, but I'm actually going to go under eight and a half. I, oh. I think, oh, okay. I, I think they win eight. I think eight is very doable. But, you know, Indiana at home to start the to year, that to me, they could easily lose that. Indiana could be one of those teams that underachieves this year with all the hype that they've got, but I think Michael Penix will be too much for them. So I've got them taking an L there and then going on the road to Iowa State. Always a toss-up game, but I mean, Iowa State's got a talented football team. I don't like that either. So that's two toss-up games right out of the gate where they could potentially be 0-2. Then they've got a pretty favorable, you know, line of games before they face Penn State, Wisconsin, and Northwestern in a four-week span. So, you know, and two of those three are on the road. So I'm going to take the under and go eight and a half just strictly based on schedule. They're going to have to lean on Tyler Goodson really, really heavy 
I mean, you know, granted, he's a monster, but I don't know if he can carry the load and carry him to nine wins. Yeah, I, I just think that they're they're going to surprise some people this year, man. To your point about the schedule, they got the uh, easier schedule of most of the teams in the, in the Big Ten. You know, they're towards the, the bottom of the list and strength of schedule against anybody else. You know, some of those games you mentioned could be toss-up games, but I think they're definitely capable of surprising some people and, and winning, you know, two out of those three tough games you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, all they got to do is steal one or two games, really just one game to to hit the over, I think, according to that. But, I mean, you talk about defense, you know, we talked about Wisconsin's defense, but Iowa's got the same stout defense. I mean, they averaged just over 206 yards a game last year, going 6-2, and two, and they're returning seven on offense, seven on defense. And I saw an interesting stat the other day. Iowa, they've played 22 consecutive games, allowing 25 points or less, which is the longest streak in the FBS. That said, don't sleep on Iowa. Well, they're one of those teams. You can't ever sleep on them. You know, they're they're always, it, it seems like they never get blown out, but they do blow some people out. I mean, they last year they were six and two and they were five points away yeah. from being undefeated. I mean, they lost. To, I mean, that's a characteristic of a, of a really strong defensively sound football team, right? Right. You know, as long as you've got a good defense, you can play with anybody in college football. I've always felt that way. You know, we, we say it all the time, but offense scores points, defense wins championships. Well, and they do have an NFL caliber offensive line, especially their center, probably the top center in the country. Tyler Linderbaum, the guy is a straight up animal. He'll be a first round draft pick. Who knows the names of linemen? Only Jason. Well, you know, I mean, that's uh, kind of know the names job. of LSU's linemen. He's got the fever. <laughs> Guy loves football, man. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the the idea here. That's kind of our job, isn't it? You hanging out with John Gruden on the weekends, drawing up Spider Two Y bananas over there, or what? If I was hanging out with John Gruden, I would not be talking to you guys. That's for sure. Yeah, you would. Talking about mm-hmm. strong football teams, man. What do you think about the Northwestern Wildcats, man? Six point five in Northwestern in Vegas, man. I know what I'm taking. I'm taking the over on this one. They got it wrong. What are you saying, man? <laughs> I'm going to take the over. I'm going to give them some love at seven and five. Now, they did get straight up gutted. They got eight starters back total. Oof. Yeah, that, it, they got gutted big time. Now, I love Pat Fitzgerald. I think he's one of the top coaches in the country, definitely in the Big Ten. I mean, he may be the best in the Big Ten based on his body of work and what he has to work with every year. Because, I mean, Northwestern is a tough school to get into. So, I'm going to give them the over. Um, they do have some. Some brutal road games at Wisconsin. I don't want to say at Michigan is tough, but with that many starters lost, Michigan's bringing back a ton of guys. I don't necessarily like that. It's a manageable schedule, but just losing as many players as they did, if they do make the over, it would surprise me if they made much more than that. I'm going to give them seven wins. You're saying Northwestern's a tough school to get into? So you're saying that if I was 6'4 and could run a 4'240 and catch everything that was thrown at me, I had no chance of getting into Northwestern if I had an ACT score at 20? It might not be harder to get in, but it might be harder <laughs> to stay in and stay <laughs> academically eligible. Leave it to that. Yeah. I'll give you this much about Northwestern. They're point spread superstars. 8-1 and one last year against the spread. Made me a lot of money last year. So another reason I love Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah. Solid. I mean, they're, historically, they're solid. He, he's in his 16th year here, but like I said, they did get gutted. Four on offense, four on defense. A lot to be seen. Not saying they're going to be bad, but there's a lot we don't know. Timmy, you, you want to add anything about Northwestern? 
Yeah, no, just just for that purpose alone, you know, they weren't really a great football team last year and losing that many players. I'm definitely taking the under here. I see him as, you know, at best a five-win football team. Whoa, really? <laughs> yeah, man, definitely. I mean, that, that would be the, the the safe thing. But like I said in the beginning, I think I think Vegas has them has them at six and a half based on what we talked about, based on the unknown factor, right? But historically, like you said, Jason Pat Fitzgerald, he knows how to win games. He just gets it done. He can get it done with what he has, and that's the true mark of a good head coach. That's why he got a ten-year extension on his contract. Yeah. I just I feel like Northwestern is always just like one or two athletes away from really competing in the Big Ten. They just can't get the athletes for whatever reason. But uh, coaches coach and players play, man, and I just don't think they got the players this year. Yeah, we'll just we'll we'll go through the the last bit of the West real quick. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on these because these are some of your your lower tier teams. Former powerhouse Nebraska, they have them at six wins. Just go through and give me your over under six wins, Nebraska, Jason. I'm taking the under. I don't like it. Adrian Martinez being your leading rusher, probably again. Um, I, I don't. I don't like it, and I don't like their schedule. Uh, I'm taking the under and bold prediction. Scott Frost, he's out of there. Bye bye, Jimmy. I got him right at six. I'm going to take a push on that. You know, they got mm-hmm. probably one of the hardest schedules in the Big Ten this year, and uh, I don't see him see him going over six. So if they win six, does Frost get fired? Uh, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. I think he, he's on the fence. He's definitely on the hot seat for sure. You know, yeah. six wins still puts him bowl eligible. That might be enough to entertain another season and show me some more. But, you know, he could get fired. Yeah, four and eight, five and seven, three and five. He's regressing into his fourth season. It's never a good sign. But, no. you know, this will be able to tell what he's done in four years. You've had enough time to recruit a solid group of players. And um, your freshmen that you would have recruited should now be coming into their senior or redshirted senior roles. So we'll see what he can do. But I'm not going to spend all day on Nebraska. What about Minnesota? Minnesota is at seven wins. I think that's way too high. Oh, you think it's way too high, eh? Well, I'm going to go the other direction. I'm going to take the over. They've got them at seven wins. I think everybody's sleeping on them. This is a team that was 11-2 and two, two years ago in 2019. Came out, had a rough year last year. COVID crushed them. They've got 20 starters back, 10 on each side. So I'm going to take the over just based on experience. I think Flex a great coach, and nobody's really talking about them. So I think they'll sneak up on some people. I think they could easily win eight or nine games. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. You're taking Minnesota at over seven? Correct. Did I hear that correctly? We're we're not we're talking about the football program here, not the hockey team, right? Seven wins? Kidding me? You kidding me? Definitely taking the under on that one, man. I, I'm not even going to go into any more detail than that. Absolutely not. Ooh. I think at best they win seven games. I mean, they got to play Ohio State. They got to go to Northwestern, to Iowa, to Indiana, and then they end the season at home against Wisconsin. That's five L's, man. Mm. Well, I just I mean, do you see them beating one of those schools? Uh, they could be Northwestern. They could be potentially Iowa. Iowa thumped them last year, but like I say, I mean, those aren't gimmies though. With that many starters coming back, I think they're you know at least in the mix to win a lot of those games. Mm. Who'd have thought we'd have had that much controversy over Minnesota? The Perdon't Boilermakers. The Perdon't. Perdon't is at five wins. I think Vegas has it just right. What do you think, Jason? Under three wins max. Oof. No reason to even 
I mean, they do have 18 starters coming back, but they sucked last year. And I don't think they're going to be much better this year. You know, they've got some winnable games early. Oregon State, Connecticut, Illinois, those are all winnable. But the rest of their schedule, it's brutal. At Iowa, at Ohio State, I'm going under, under five. Yep, I'm I'm in agreement with the under on this one. Just like you said, they got a tough schedule. They got to play Notre Dame, Michigan State, you know. They're not going to win those games, man. They don't stand a chance. I think the only teams that they they will win against is uh, Connecticut, Illinois, Nebraska, and Michigan State. But in Nebraska's push too, you know. I don't. This is like the, the toilet bowl, if you will, of the of the West. Not quite as bad as Illinois, which we're going to get into now. Illinois, they look abysmal. Two and six last year. A new head coach, Brett Belima, returning nine on offense, nine on defense. Not a lot to talk about with Illinois. Um, no really highly touted prospects for the draft, but just a, a vanilla Big Ten team, the kind that, you know, you put it on TV on Saturday morning at noon, you catch the first round of games, and then you're asleep by 12.05. Jason, what do you think about Illinois? I'm going uh, under three and a half. I mean, I hate to do that to them, but the only winnable games I see on their schedule, UTSA, Charlotte, and honestly, for them to win another one, I think they'll have to steal one. I'm going to say it's a rough year for first-year head coach Belima and, uh, you know, probably 2-10, and ten, maybe. Yeah. Well, the thing about them is, is they have a solid defense. I mean, they... Well, they were plus six in turnover margin last year. That's not god-awful. You yeah, know? I mean, plus six in turnover margin. They averaged about 230 yards a game on defense, which is solid numbers. You should be winning games with those kind of defensive performances, but the offense averaged just 140 yards a game. That ain't going to get it done. That doesn't even get it done in high school. Uh, they've got to improve offensively, which, like we said, they got nine returning starters on offense. New head coach, new system. Maybe they can shock some people. It'd be interesting to see because... doesn't look too good. No, it doesn't. But, you know, we're here to talk about the Big Ten, and this is it. So, uh, well, we're going we're gonna to shift gears here, take a little break, and we're going to come back, and then we'll go into the Big Ten East. All right, we're going to move into the Big Ten East now. Timmy, you're going to give me your over-unders. Jason, you're going to tell him if he's right or wrong because you're the alleged expert. And Whoa, wait. When did, when, when did I get deemed the expert? Just now. You were just anointed. Dude, oh. you, you knew the name of the center for, I can't even remember, the school. <sighs> I was impressed. Okay, all right. It's a compliment. Just take it. All right, no pressure. Lots of pressure. Big Ten East kicking it off. I don't know if I need to ask, but Timmy, who's going to win the East? You know, come on. Everybody knows Ohio State's going to come out of the East. It's just a matter of how good they're going to look doing it. So, Jason, what do you think? Who's going to win the East? Ohio State's going to be favored in every game they play. Favored, but who's going to win the East? Until proven otherwise, I can't pick Penn State over them. So, I, I, I agree with Tim. I think it's Ohio State coming out of the East much as I would like to disagree, I agree. Although I do think Penn State has a shot. Yeah, I do too. I think they're a dark horse, but, you know, like you said, can't bet against Ohio State right now. No. On to Ohio State. Vegas has them at 11 wins. Kind of surprised as much as people favor Ohio State. I've got my own reservations about it, but Timmy, do you have Ohio State winning 11 games or more or less? Yeah, I got I got a push on this one. I got them winning eleven games. I got them losing one of two to either Penn State or Indiana, 
You know, they got Penn State at home and Indiana on the road, and I think either one of those could be a toss-up given the right circumstances. So I definitely got them losing one of those games. You think they're going to handle up on Oregon? I think they're going to handle Oregon pretty easily, quite honestly. You know, it's early in the in the schedule, and it's, it's going to be one of those big hype-up games for them boys. They're going to come out ready to go and probably run right through those guys, honestly. Yep. I think this one was scheduled last year, but they canceled it due to COVID, right? Yeah, I believe so. One that we didn't get to see. Yeah, I think it was a home-and-home, home, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Jason, do you agree with, with Timmy's assessment, 11 games? I'm going to say push. I am going to agree with him at 11, but... Oh God, I hate Ohio State. I, I wish they I wish I could stomach calling the under, but I don't think it's a smart bet. Those two games that he talked about at Indiana, that's a tough game, man. I mean, if Penix stays healthy, but a lot of people think they'll underachieve this year. I don't necessarily agree with that, but Penn State, if they play like they did the last four games of the season, Penn State could beat them. So yeah. I'm gonna agree with him. I'm gonna say push. Yeah, for me, it, it kind of boils down to the fact that, you know, they lost Justin Fields to the draft. He's got some pretty big shoes to fill. You get a redshirt freshman in CJ Stroud coming in here to try to fill that role. And he's unproven. He's got the pedigree, but, you know, nobody knows what he can do yet. And their defense is mediocre, in my opinion. You know, they're bringing back five people, but it could cost them a game here or there. And that's why I think, you know, like I said, Penn State, Indiana, Iowa, any of those games could you know, potentially stumble. Yep. I don't think that Ohio State has a quarterback on their roster that has thrown a college pass. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what I read, that none of their quarterbacks in the room have attempted a college pass. So, (laughs) I think you're right. I think, you know, they're all high-touted prospects, you know, Elite 11 graduates and all that good stuff, but they've never put the work on the field yet. That's kind of hard to believe considering Ohio State. You know, you think you figured they'd be prepared for something like this. You know, they would have went out and got a transfer or something, but well, they probably would have been more prepared had they have played a full schedule last year. You know, they would have played the the Tulsas and the, you know, just the garbage teams of the world, to be frank, so they could get some guys in on mop up duty, but they didn't have that opportunity. You're telling me they didn't have the opportunity to put in the backups when they were beating Nebraska fifty two to seventeen? <laughs> Well, apparently not. Maybe they were going for style points. You don't need style points anymore with the format, in my opinion. But I mean, if you want to get guys experience, they had opportunities. I mean, they beat Michigan State 52 to 12, Nebraska 52 to 17. I mean, there was times where they could have got the backups in to get them some XP, but they didn't. So that might come back to haunt them this year, especially if they fuck around and host Oregon and drop a game because they, you know, they don't have the experience because they're opening at Minnesota Thursday night game. You know, they could have jitters, you know, first game, away game, starting quarterback, never thrown a college pass. Like you said, I would love to see him get upset in week one at Minnesota. Wait for it. Flex going to flex going to row the boat. He's going to row the boat, baby. Oh, my. I'd laugh so hard. (laughs) (laughs) I would would die. I would laugh so hard and I would crush both of you guys publicly on this podcast for crushing me on my Minnesota tape. Well, for the record, I'm here for it. So bring it on. Well, we touched on them a little bit already, but Penn State, to me, it's it's hard not to be a fan of Penn State considering what they've went through the last you know decade with the Joe Paterno stuff and the Jerry Sandusky case and all the stuff you know surrounding that program. I mean, that was a massive black eye of the program and the school as a whole. You know that had to hurt their recruiting. You know, nobody wants to go to a program with that kind of black cloud hanging over it. And what James Franklin's been able to do 
since he's been there, to me, is impressive. I mean, he hasn't had the best talent pool, but man, he just grinds it out. He just finds ways to win. Vegas, I mean, to me, Penn State ought to be a top 10 team this year. Vegas has them with nine wins. What do you think, Timmy? Yeah, so I, w- I went really back and forth on this one for quite a while, honestly. And you, you stole my thunder on a couple of the key points about James Franklin and how he's been able to handle adversity with that program. And, you know, considering how well he's done with that and the way that they started their season last year and the way that they finished is just a testament to how good of a football coach that he is. But at the end of the day, I have him going under. I got him at eight wins. Um, but I do have him, you know, making some surprise, you know, wins potentially at Ohio State on the road. But um, they do have some question marks, man. I mean, Sean Clifford is a huge question mark, in my opinion. He's been extremely inconsistent, you know, throwing the ball off his back foot sideways, upside down, all sorts of stuff, thinking he's some type of Aaron Rodgers back there or something. But he does have the weapons on the outside to get it done when he can make the throws. So if they can keep him in a game manager role and have him make the smart plays and get the ball down the field, their defense is, is going to keep them in every single ball game this year. They're going to be phenomenal on defense. Best defense in the Big Ten, in my opinion. Linebacker U is going to show up pretty strong again this year. So yeah, that's, that's kind of why I'm a little bit on the fence. But ultimately, I think just the, the question mark with Sean Clifford, I see him giving away a couple of games for them, and I got him at eight. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, they have a difficult non-conference game. They're going to host Auburn week three. The one thing I'll say about about Penn State, you touched on it with the quarterback situation, but they have an, an elite group of receivers, in my opinion. I mean, they've got depth at receivers. So if, if he can find a way to get the ball into their hands, um, that'll really take some pressure off the offensive line, off the running game, and make them a really two-dimensional team that can that can hit you in every direction. But you know, they only lost uh, Freermuth last year, so they're bringing back six of the seven experienced receivers that would rotate in and out. Jason, what do you think about Penn State? I'm in agreement with Tim. I'm going to take the under. I've got him at seven and five. Clifford is a big question mark. You know, I I agree with Tim that if they put him in kind of a game manager role and sort of rely on their playmakers a little more, they got to get dots in the ball a lot. He's got a chance to be a first round draft pick at wide receiver, but they've got to clean up the turnovers, man. Minus eight last year on turnover margin. I mean, that's terrible. You're not going to get it done that way. So, if they can manage to clean it up, I could see them pushing that nine-win total, but I just don't. I know they've got nine starters back on offense, and I think they only gave up one sack last year. So they should be able to protect him, and he should be able to get the ball to his playmakers some, but the schedule to me is really why I'm going under. At Ohio State, at Wisconsin, at Iowa, I don't think they come out of that with better than one win. And I just, I'm, I'm going to take the under and say seven and five. Hmm. I think Vegas has it right here. I think they're going to win nine games. I think they drop games to Auburn, Ohio State, and uh, probably Indiana. I don't know. Either Indiana or they'll, they'll fuck around and lose to Michigan or something. But maybe they can surprise me. I think it's not impossible to say that they could win 10 games. But I think that would be a little bit too ambitious. They definitely have the talent. And I just I hope that they can live up to it because I would like to see somebody challenge Ohio State for the throne because it ain't going to be Michigan. Oh, we all know that. Which we'll get to in a second, but before we do, let's talk about Indiana, the Hoosiers. Indiana, Vegas has them at seven and a half. 
Tom Allen, fifth year. They went six and two last year. They're returning eight starters on offense, nine on defense. He had a solid team last year, solid performances across the board, bringing back a lot of starters. Tell me what you got. Yeah, I got him at over here, man. I got him winning nine games this year. Oh, they were they were riding a big wave on Tom Allen last year. They bought in big with him, gave him a, a new uh, new contract, increased his salary up to five million through like twenty twenty seven or something like that. And like you said, they're bringing back seventeen of those kids from that team last year. You know, you got Michael Penix Jr. back there running the offense. He's he's dynamic, man. He can make all the throws. And uh, the only question mark with him is just his ability to stay healthy. You know, he hasn't finished a full season the entire time he's been in school there, but he's got strong playmakers on the outside to get the ball to, you know, the run game's a little soft, but I think they can get by without it. And then, you know, they got a new defensive coordinator coming in from Georgia. Who's uh, going to lead an, an opportunistic defense from last year. You know, they had uh, the number one uh, sack totals in the big 10, so they can definitely get after the quarterback and be opportunistic and make plays. And I think for all those reasons that they're going to surprise some people and, they're going to go over here and win nine games this year, at least. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned Penix. He's he's coming off of his second ACL tear, so we'll see how that affects him going forward. If he can stay healthy, I think you you could be onto something here with Indiana. But Jason, what do you think? I'm in agreement with Tim. I'm going to take the over. Seven and a half seems a game too low to me. If you would have said eight and a half, I would be hesitant to bet on it, right? Um, and just let it ride, but. I think they take the over. I mean, Penix is 12-2 and two as a starter. And it's like you said, I mean, it depends all on him. If he stays healthy, they've got a chance to play with anyone. I mean, they were getting thumped by Ohio State last year, but they came back, you know, made it within a touchdown of them. If they can, their schedule is, you know, really manageable. They do open with Iowa and they have a trap game, you know, with Cincinnati coming to town and then at Penn State. But outside of that, their only tough game to me left on the schedule is Ohio State. So I think they've got a chance to beat every team they play if Penix is healthy. But I I don't think, even with the amount of guys they got coming back, 17 starters, I don't think they're going to be deep enough to consistently beat, you know, the teams like Penn State, Ohio State, Iowa. I mean, they do avoid Wisconsin, but I'm going to take the over reluctantly. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to win eight games based on everything we just said. But last, but certainly not least, we're going to focus on here from the East, Michigan. Timmy's favorite coach. Timmy, what do you think about Michigan going seven and a half wins? Am I crazy to think that that's way too high? I don't buy it, man. I'm not a a Michigan believer. I don't believe in Harbaugh at all. I, I know that, you know, throughout his tenure at Michigan, you know, he's had some 10 win seasons and some eight win seasons, but I just don't think he gets that done this year. I think this is the final nail in his coffin um, before he gets shown the door at the end of the year. How many games does he need to win to keep his coaching job? He doesn't have a win total necessarily, but he needs to make the playoff. In my opinion, Uh, playoffs. Don't talk about playoffs. <laughs> or he has to do something he's never done in his tenure at Michigan, and that's beat Ohio State. If he does one of those two or both, then he's safe. But if he goes 0 for 2 on those, then I think he's out. Not into the if this, if that type of scenarios. If worms had machine guns, then birds wouldn't be scared of them. Yeah, I mean, 
I went over how State would definitely smooth out the pleats on his old khakis he got from Kmart. That's for damn sure. <laughs> oh Jesus! I, I'm not. I'm not buying it, man. It's this uh, Jim Harbaugh. Let me let me just go over some of this stuff here. Jim Harbaugh. He's entering his seventh year. He's 49 and 22. He's one and four in bowl games. He's 11 and 15 against top 25 teams. That's not that's not Michigan. That is not what Michigan stands for. That's not what they want. Why do they continue to appease Jim Harbaugh, Jason? In a way, they sort of didn't. I mean, he took a massive pay cut this year. I don't know if any of you guys have read the details of his contract, but he Oh yeah. He's making four million this year, and his buyout is only four million dollars. So I I think Tim is right on point there. If he doesn't get it together this year, they will easily buy him out and show him the door. Now Michigan as a whole, to me, has become an ir- just an irrelevant program. I mean, they haven't won a Big Ten title since 2004. I mean, I was one year out of high school at that point. My 20-year reunion's coming up, okay? I mean, the, <laughs> the schedule is not easy at Wisconsin, at Nebraska, at Michigan State, at Penn State, and Ohio State, who he's never beaten. Seven and a half wins to me is a joke. No chance they win eight games. I don't see it. Harbaugh. I think he's gone. I mean, there, there's no chance they get to the playoffs or win the Big Ten. And, uh, yeah, I, not a fan. I think they're irrelevant, and I think they try to find a championship coach. You freeze. <laughs> yeah, to your point about his, his new contract, you know, not only did he, he take a massive pay cut, and you were alluding to his buyout clause, but that buyout clause gets cheaper every year that he goes down the line. So, you know, if they bring him back next year and he fucks around and does some more stupid shit, then, you know, that's a million dollars less. They got to pay to, you know, kick his ass to the curb. Mm. Mm. I don't feel bad for him. No, I mean, two and four last year that I think the only reason he wasn't shit canned last year was, was because of COVID. Uh, I don't know that the one guy that didn't lose his job because of COVID. Yeah. You know, you know, Jim Harbaugh once told a player to avoid chicken because it's a nervous bird and he believes it injects sickness into humans without us knowing it. So if, if I was into like robbing people and I wanted to rob Jim Harbaugh, something tells me he keeps his money under his mattress. There's no way he trusts <laughs> banks. <laughs> Just me. I think you'd be surprised on what he keeps under his mattress there. So I wouldn't go looking. <laughs> Boxes of Kmart khakis with pleats. I think it gets a little bit more sinister than that, boss. <laughs> really? Jim Harbaugh? Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> this shoot. has become the Crush Michigan podcast, uh, just in case anyone was wondering. just it's, it's the Harbaugh Roast Session, man. We're having one. Let us have it. Yeah, I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. We can go for another 45 minutes if you want to. Yeah, we can go back and look at some of the games they lost last year where they were just obliterated Ugh. wisconsin 49 to 11 did anybody see that game you saw that game yeah oh that was at home yeah it doesn't look too good i just keep going back to the the fact that he's the coach of michigan right and what is your job when you're the coach of michigan anybody win championships no it's to beat ohio state yes thank you hunter it's to beat ohio state first and foremost and he hasn't fucking done it at all no. Not only that, he's not even come close. I mean, they didn't even they didn't play last year because of COVID, but the year before that, 
56 to 27. Year before that, 62 to 39. I mean, it's not even close. It's a good thing they didn't play because it would have been horrible. They're not even competitive with the top teams. It's unfortunate too because that used to that when I was younger watching college football, that was always one of my most anticipated games. You know, I always look forward to LSU Alabama. I always look forward to Texas Texas A and M, and I really always look forward to Ohio State Michigan because those teams they hated each other. You remember the games pregame, wanting to fight before the game, after the game. I mean, those were intense games. Now it's just like, man, Michigan just rolls over. Take all you want, boys. It kind of points to Harbaugh as a developmental coach, I think, because he hadn't had slouch recruiting classes up there. I mean, they've put out some talent into the NFL in his tenure, but they just lose games that they shouldn't lose every year. I, I don't get it. I don't. <laughs> the closer you get to the program, the more support you find for him, but I can't understand why. No, I don't either. I got nothing to say about Michigan. They're a huge disappointment. We suck. <laughs> They're a shit stain on the Big Ten, man. It's unfortunate as it is, but hopefully they'll turn it around. I doubt it, but we'll see. Maybe they should join the SEC and they'll all of a sudden be good. Highly unlikely. That's what everybody else seems to think. I wouldn't even trade Kentucky for them. <laughs> we all know what you think about Kentucky. We suck. <laughs> What about Michigan for Vandy straight up? Nope. Give me Vandy. Is, is Harbaugh the coach still or no? no? We all agreed that he's gone after this year, so no. Okay, I'll take him as long as Harbaugh's not in the package. Yeah, that would be. that. That's a deal breaker if he's still there. I got to say no thanks if he is, but if he's gone, all right, fine. Okay, that's going to wrap up the Big Ten show. Uh, you guys want to add anything else before we close out? We got Big 12 coming next week. We'll have a couple of guests on. It'll be a good time. So uh, check us out on Twitter at South End Zone Pod, or you can send us an email at southendzonepodcast.com. Yeah, feel free to get in touch with us so you can you can roast our takes and uh, give us some shit and give us your takes of your own. Maybe you have some insight that we didn't think about. We'd love to get your opinion out there. Timmy, you want to add anything else before we close out? Yeah, I'd just like to reach out to anybody out there who uh, agrees with Jason's Minnesota pick and definitely get in, get in touch with us because we'd like to know who the hell you are. <laughs> Would love to have you on. You can get roasted right alongside of Jason because that was terrible. Bring it. All the Minnesota oh, fans, God. row the boat. That pick is not going to age well. <sighs> Probably not. Anyways, thanks for joining us this week. I'm your host, Hunter, and this has been the South End Zone Podcast, and we will bring more content next week on the Big 12. See you then. Thank you very much. Have a great day.